Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. The key to winning big is using every little bit of knowledge to your advantage. At Odds Checker, we give you the edge. Better odds, better picks, and better offers to make you a better better. Why settle for less? Quickly compare the odds at every sportsbook to ensure that you're getting the best price to maximize your return. Visit us at www.oddschecker.com backslash US. Odds Checker. Sports betting smarter. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's May 15th, 2020. You're listening to the best poker cast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. Oh, yeah, and I'm Scott Long. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, my fat cat just jumped in the tiny box. I never understand why cats like boxes. Like, don't even start with the Chris Farley big guy in a little suit crap. I don't want to hear it. Is. My cat's 18 pounds. He is Chris Farley. <laughs> the box is not made for an 18-pound cat. Hey, riddle me this. Uh, how, do, uh, how do you show up five minutes late for a show when you're quarantined? Yeah, that's, that's a very good uh, point. Uh, my wife has been trying to figure out why I'm so busy, in air quotes, uh throughout this but uh i'm like you know when we were normal business hours you know i'm like hey scott runs the business side of the business maybe he's got a phone call getting us millions i don't know i'll let him be late i let him slide still could be taking those calls you don't know today it's like all right it's 10.05 where is scott uh let's see in the living room uh, no, no, no. The actual truth is that I fell asleep during Survivor last night, and so when I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning, I'm like, I gotta watch it because those idiots on the internet are gonna ruin it for me, right, so right. I had to get through it, and then I'm like, then I try to time it, I'm like, do I have time for my morning walk, and get back before Chris gets whiny with me, and then I did, and I got back, and I had 10 minutes to go, and I'm like, I'm good, and then the wife wanted me to make a smoothie, and the whole day went off the rails, so there you go. How disappointed were you in the finale? Uh, I was not. I uh, I think the right person won. Um, in my fantasy group, uh, we can't talk about it yet because not everybody's watched it. But the uh, the first post was the wrong person won. So yeah, I, I agree. The wrong person won. Yeah, I figured you might disagree with me on that. <laughs> we got to start a survivor show now. What the hell? We got nothing else to do. What else do we have to do? Right. <laughs> But no, anyhow, that's so. That's that's why I'm. All here. right, all right, you're forgiven again. 
It, it, but it does. It feels weird to ever be stressed during quarantine. I mean, about yeah. time. I mean, money and life and health. health and that, that's yeah. a different story, right? But yeah. time really literally stands still now. There's no reason we should be stressed about it. But I seem to find myself stressed about it all the time. <laughs> Stupid reason. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, while we have no listeners now, let's go ahead and talk poker. Yes, excellent. <laughs> uh, well, I can't even say we'll talk poker. Let's talk about poker not happening. <laughs> yes, poker themed news. <laughs> all right. A week after Derby Lane in Florida announced it would open its poker room, playing six handed, and then reversed its decision. Prime Social Club in Houston has reopened with essentially the same plan Derby Lane had. The club, which had been shut down previously by local law enforcement before charges against it were dropped because of a conflict of interest. Says all players' temperatures are being taken upon entering. Players are required to wear masks. Uh, only every other table is being used, and tables are a max of six players. Louisiana is allowing casinos to reopen Monday if they submit a plan to state police on how they will curb the spread of the coronavirus. It's unknown how many of the state's 20 casinos will open on Monday or if their poker rooms will open on Monday. Uh, but the casinos in New Orleans will remain closed by order of that city. Five Phoenix area casinos plan to open tomorrow, but their poker rooms will not open immediately. MGM Resorts, which owns several major casinos with poker rooms around the country, sent in its company-wide reopening plan that is seeking guidance from state and local authorities and medical experts before allowing its poker rooms to reopen. And Boyd Gaming, which owns several local casinos in Las Vegas, has said it will not reopen its downtown Las Vegas casinos right away, citing their dependence on tourists, uh, though none of those downtown casinos offer poker. Um. Oh, when you say tomorrow, you mean Saturday the sixteenth? Oh, yeah. I think it's Friday the fifteenth. Fifteenth, I think. Because okay. we tape a day earlier, record that's day right. earlier. I always forget that. I okay. don't know how I forget that because we do it every week <laughs> for ten something plus years, but <laughs> fifteen years, <laughs> fifteen years. But who's counting? Oh no. Um. One of the things I, you know, I since we're in this sort of bubble and. All I'm waiting for is the, hey, there's a vaccine to go outside. So I'm not really paying attention to... You're going to be waiting a while, buddy. I know. So uh, one of the things I have a question about is the Prime Social Club. Yeah. When they say they're taking their temperatures, and I've seen all this stuff where they're taking the temperatures. So, But if you're like one of those asymptomatic people, do you, you're not going to have a temperature anyway. So you can still be carrying it and giving it to people, right? Uh, very true. Very true. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to... Makes sense in a senseless. Well, yeah, I would say. I mean, uh, I, I, I am, I am completely conflicted on this COVID thing now. Um, I, t- I told a lot of my friends privately that normally I, I, I'm the type of guy that can figure stuff out. You know, I read a lot. I, I know the right sources. I can determine the right sources and the wrong sources. All that kind of stuff, right? And I then I usually have an opinion. I'm an opinionated guy. I don't have an opinion on this right now. I, I just there's too much information out there and none of it seems to make sense to me so um so i don't really have an opinion on whether we should be reopening or not or any of that but what i what i will say though is what i think a lot of my friends are in agreement on is a lot of the stuff that we're going to see we're already seeing in businesses and we're going to see other businesses as they reopen really is kind of window dressing it's it's really meant to make people feel more comfortable without actually making them comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we kind of touched on this last week a little bit with the whole yeah. or the week before with the glass and everything. We're window addressing that. Yeah, too. so yeah. I think this is. I think to your point, it's the same thing. I mean, obviously, I would feel better going to poker room knowing that they're taking temperatures and if somebody's got a fever or that they don't come in. But but that's also something I would say every day. I mean, I don't think we should have temperature tricks everywhere we go. But I think you could say. 
if every public place did check your temperature every day, we would all be a little healthier, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, so it's not a bad thing, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're asymptomatic, um, your temperature is not going to be – it's going to be perfect, right? And uh, you're going to be in there and potentially spreading it to somebody else. So, I mean, it, it – the, the only way to, to stop it from spreading, and this is the other thing I tell people, the only way to stop it from spreading is for us never to leave our house. Yeah. Don't even go for groceries. Don't go to work. Don't just don't, die. Don't, Just starve to death in your bedroom. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's really the only way that you can't spread it. So then really, it really comes down to um, – um, and actually, I thought about this analogy the other day. I haven't really formulated it, so I'll just spitball it with you and the listeners here. But, um, you know, poker really uh, – there is a lot of analogies with the coronavirus and poker, I think. Um, you know, poker is a game of incomplete information, right? Mm-hmm. Coronavirus seems to be a game. No, I don't want to say a game. That's the wrong word. But it seems to be something of incomplete information, right? Even even the world's best medical experts will say, oh, do this, do this, do this. And then they'll, Change. they'll finish it by saying, but there's so much more we don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So... So they're operating on incomplete information. I read an article the other day, um, and uh, I, I'm totally going to butcher the etymologist. I don't know. Entomologist? I don't know. Whoever studies these diseases, right? All right. Um, and uh, they quoted like three or four of them that all were using these different models, and none of the models worked out the way they thought they would. So then they're like, so now they they literally are admitting they're guessing. <laughs> they're like, I don't know why it didn't work out, but this is what we think it's coming from this. So, um, so there's just so much um, information, uh, missing information out there. At the same time, we can't just stay home and starve to death, as we just mentioned, right? Right. So you have to take some risk. So then it becomes like in poker, it's just risk risk assessment, right? I mean, you can't fold every hand or you won't win, right? Right. So you have to play a hand. So when you play a hand, you're taking some risk, right? So then you're just having to evaluate the the, the level of risk you're taking versus the rewards. That's that's what poker is all about, right? So when I'm out there with gloves and a mask and goggles and a shield, I'm uh, tight. I'm a rock. But the guys who are walking around with nothing on, doing nothing, talking to people, walking right up to them and everything like that, they're the maniacs. Lags, yep. Uh, yeah, so okay. And then people in between, the tight aggressive are the ones who are just, they got the mask on. And uh, when it's their time to move, they go to Home Depot to get to repair that thing, or they go to the store to pick up the onions they need for the, <laughs> or sauteed their liver, I don't know, whatever. So those are the those are the tags, right? The tight aggressives, and then there's the loose aggressives, and then there's the mean. Okay, so that's a pretty decent analogy. It's not bad, right? Yeah, you that's know, pretty decent. You could flesh that really- out and write a book. Yeah, I haven't polished the edges yet, but uh, but it does make sense, right? So, I mean, I think that's really um, when you have these conversations with friends, it's uh, it's all about. I mean, we we had a um, uh, a couple come over to the house last night, uh, the back porch, not the house. They had them come in the back porch. Right. We we're six feet away. They didn't touch anything we owned. We didn't touch anything they owned, right? So that's kind of the new thing now, right? Right. Um, but that's a, what we were kind of discussing is that you. Um, everybody is doing what they feel comfortable doing and whether they know it or not, they're doing risk assessment in their head, right? They're like, Hey, um, it's probably not the safest thing for us to go over and see Scott and Laura. Um, but we haven't seen them in six weeks (laughs) and we're bored out of our minds. So let's do it, but let's do it as safely as possible. Right? So, 
Um, so I, you know, that was a long answer to your question that, um, you know, obviously these, anything that these places are doing helps somewhat. It's just a matter of whether it helps to the level that people think it helps. Right. Um, you know, I, I read an article the other day. It was really fascinating on, um, uh, the headline was total clickbait, but it was about, uh, why wearing masks might be a bad thing. So you're like, what? What's wrong with wearing a mask? Because people yeah. don't wear a mask, right? And uh, so the premise of it was that that be we, we feel like it's a Superman cape when you put it on. Oh yeah. Put a mask on, and then you just go out and do whatever the hell you want, right? That's and... why all the villains wear them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get shot if you're wearing a mask. That's right. right. Uh, but no, it's an interesting theory that um, so you know you put a mask on, and then all of a sudden people aren't six feet apart. They're they're going to the poker room. They're going. You know, the beach, wherever they want to go, right? And, hey, I'm wearing a mask, so I'm, I'm helping, right? So, and it is to some degree, but then if you don't do the other stuff, then is it really helping? So um, so I think if the argument can be made is taking players' temperatures helps. Letting them play poker six-handed. Mm. <laughs> Jury's still out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they probably uh, were thinking about how many people do we need at a table to make it worth it. And that's the number everyone seems to be wanting to settle on. Don't listen to the the Vegas, uh, you know, commission or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, we we talked about this last week. It's still it's it's interesting to me how you decide on a number like that because even as I said last week, even two at a table, you can't do it in six feet, right? So right. if that's the standard, then really, I mean, why does it matter whether you're doing six or nine? Yeah, I mean, does it really make a difference at that point? Yeah. So again, that goes Little back addressing. to addressing. Yeah. Yep. I don't mind your long answers. We've got to fill the hour somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried to keep repeating stuff I've said last week. Hey, right. You know what? People love reruns. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have syndication. I would say here's the other thing that we, that we need to recognize, too. There is a, a growing, and I, I do think it's growing, uh, percentage of our population that's just tired of this, yeah. right? Yeah. Just like, hey, I've. I've served my sentence, the six, seven weeks I've been home without a job. I've done my job, uh, my, my part. Um, I don't see these cases taking off like the doctors tell me they're going to take off. So I'm going to go out and, and start my life. Man, I was talking to my dad yesterday, man. And old people through this are hilarious. They, you know, they are the angriest people at this. And he's like, oh, I'm done. I'm living my life now. I'm like, okay, dad, have fun. Knock yourself out. Um, so those, those are those folks that are um like hey whatever i'm done i've done my part i'm going out whether it's good or bad for me or not or good or bad for anybody else so um i I think that's reality there was a picture in the newspaper today of uh, there was a casino in um two casinos in oklahoma open which i didn't know about or uh, what i put on the notes here but um and uh, they those casinos did not open their table games. It's only slots right now. Right. That's open. Um, and, of course, they're all spaced out. But there was a picture of an old lady with her mask, you know, trying to get the three cherries to line up. Right. Um, and the story said there was a line out the door when they were right open. Jeez. And they were opening at um, – the only thing they did was um, – uh, well, I shouldn't say the only thing they did. But they, they did limit capacity to a certain percentage. But uh, line out the door. So, you know. I think some of these other poker rooms, when they start open, um, if they open, I think they will see lines out the door um, for a while. I mean, you know, 
again, it's like, you know, we talk about now. I mean, we haven't, my wife and my wife doesn't want us to go out yet. Um, um, I have a different opinion, but that's fine. So I'm staying home um, uh, and staying married. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do ask my friends that are going out on my, it's almost like, you know, you've been to the other side. <laughs> Tell me all the stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but part, part of it is the, to live vicariously through it. But too, I'm I'm curious what their what their reaction is. Not so much what the restaurants look like. I mean, obviously, if, if they walk in and no one's wearing masks and gloves and everybody's crammed together, that that word is going to spread pretty quickly. I think, right? Uh, but it's more it's what, what's the reaction when you walk in? Is it um, do you feel safe? Uh, if you feel safe, does it feel normal or does it feel not normal? Which is part of my wife's problem. A part is, you know, uh, if we go out, uh, I'm not going to let you talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you want to go out. I'm like, it is. So at that point, I mean, so that's why I told her. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not allowed to talk to anyone. I might as well sit here and order takeout every night like we have for the last six weeks. So until you're comfortable going out. So uh, so I do think there's going to be a lot of people that are interested um, in the first poker players brave enough to sit at the table. To, to tell them tales on the other side. <laughs> it's funny that you said about the old people, and uh, in my experience, because I'm I'm like you, I'm pretty much staying home. Um, and uh, but I I serve on the board of one of my uh, bonsai societies, and we uh, keep having these meetings about what to do. You know, when are we going to have a meeting again? When are we going to you know? Because we're doing it all by Zoom or yep. you know hangouts or whatever the hell it is. And they're all like, there's no way we're getting together ever again until there's a vaccine. And they're all in their 70s. And because you got you got to wow. know that most most bonsai practicers are old, because you, you can't really do this as a young person because you really need to have the time. You, you either have to be financially set, work from home, or be old and retired to do it because these trees require a lot of attention. And and so yeah. most of the people in our clubs are over 65. And so they're all like, we're never getting together again because there's no way we're, I'm not going to put these precious people there at risk because right. I'm selfish because I want to learn how to trim a branch, you yeah. know, or, and so that, that's the reaction I'm getting from you old people. And then I talk to my parents and they're just like these people. They, my father hasn't left the house at all since early March. He won't go yeah. anywhere. Most parents are like that way too. So yeah, it's not it's not um, spread out. I, in my experience with most of the old people, I, uh, I was telling them, well, our friends that came over last night, they were one seventy five, the other one's sixty. So, um, um, and we've been cautious about wanting to get together with them for that reason, right? I mean, we don't want to be the one yeah. that kills our friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I told them um, was that on Saturday, Sunday, when I go on my walk. To our, our our park, there are tennis courts there. During the day, there's like nobody there, uh, or weekdays, right? Saturday, Sunday, packed, literally packed of people playing tennis, right? Wow, all of them, like seventy and older. Yeah. So so that group doesn't care. Uh, my dad doesn't care. My in laws care way too much. <laughs> Sounds right. like the people you deal with probably care. I don't want to say too much. That's judgment, but um, care way more than the other ones, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's safe to say, right? Um, so yeah, but, but, so I, you know, I kind of wish there was a, well, I wish there was some kind of, um, solid information through any of this, but, um, if, if we didn't have the divide in the older people that we had been talking about, that would be a good test for poker because some of these locals rooms, you know, 
as they say, those folks are all 70. <laughs> They're the ones that start the game in the morning, right? Yeah. Um, so if we felt confident that the old people were tired of this, then I think the poker games, we would feel comfortable that they were would be happening. But if we feel like the old people are the last ones to want to get over this, uh, that means for poker a lot of rooms, right? Yeah. So. yeah. All right. All right, well, let's move on because I – 20 minutes on this topic is depressing enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot I had another banner item. I was all ready for you to go in the end. I know. I'm waiting for you to read it. All right. Uh, Poker Pro Doug Polk has launched a recall re- uh, petition to oust Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman from office after the mayor gave a now famous interview to Anderson Cooper on CNN where she offered up her city as a, quote, control group to study the spread of coronavirus. Polk, who lives just outside the city limits and can't sign his own petition, uh, needs to collect 6,745 signatures for a recall election to be called. Goodman is in her third and final term as mayor and won her last election with more than 83% of the vote. That's interesting. Um, a lot of this is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, wow. I, I didn't even know it only took that many people. Or whatever. That's not that many signatures. To... That's the most interesting part of this form. Yeah, so, right. Go ahead. So there, talk about it. Yeah, start with that. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, you know, I'm a politician, so I'm – fairly well-versed on recall elections, hoping next time I get elected I don't get recalled. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, but generally, the, the bar is higher on lots of places. So for whatever reason in Las Vegas, usually it's a percentage of registered voters is the bar that you need to get signatures for most places, right? Las Vegas is different. It's a percentage of the people who voted in the last election that that person was elected in. Huh. So then, if you think about that, I mean, a good turnout is what thirty percent. That's how sad our country is, right? Yeah. So now you're talking now a percentage of that thirty percent, um, and that's where you end up with only six thousand seven hundred forty-five in a city of gobs more than that. So, so not surprising. The other thing that's interesting about this is Las Vegas has had three recall elections, not counting this one, uh, recently. <laughs> wow. Uh, but that doesn't surprise me now that I know how low the bar is to do that and how angry people are with politicians in general, right? Part of the reason politicians don't get recalled more often is that you know, the angry people are angry at them. They go down to find out how much it is. And I'm like, ah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> away, right? If you go down, I'm like, hmm, 6,000 signatures. Ah, that might be worth my time. I might be able to do that. Yeah. So... I thought that was fascinating. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, certainly um, when you have a, a celebrity of some sort like Doug is um, leading it, that, that makes it a little bit easier to get – I mean, I, I've heard about this from a couple of different places. So he's getting a lot of media. Um, most people, it sounds like, are in favor of what he's doing and, and some angry at him. But that's really what you need is coverage. Um, and then it's much easier to sign up people to um, go out and get petitions signed. Now, of course, I don't know how you do that now when everybody's at home. Yeah, but yeah. That's another interesting thing. I mean, I noticed uh, one of our local candidates here um, uh, is asking folks to print out the, f- uh, the form for the, you know, because you got to get signatures to get on the ballot. Yeah. Just recall. Ask, uh, showing them a link where you can print out your uh, your petition card and. So, and then sign it and then mail it back to her so she can collect it that way. Which Can they man. do virtual signatures? No, no. no. Old school. At least here in Florida. I don't know about I don't other know about places. Vegas, but, maybe. That's, yeah. that's going to be pretty difficult in a, you know, that, that would a be ghost town. 
Um, so the other couple of things that are interesting. One, I don't know if you watched this interview, but it was a train wreck from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I resisted for a while, um, but but you know then I decided I had nothing else to do, so I watched it. <laughs> it was like twenty minutes too, and it was just like my you know I, my jaw my jaw was on the ground from the beginning, so it couldn't drop anymore. <laughs> the more crazy that she spoke, but. Um, so I'm not at all surprised uh, that that has happened. Um, uh, and based on the number of signatures, if it can find a way to do it in this social distancing, then I would imagine this is going to be a, a tough recall. But then again, she won with 83 percent of the vote last time. So yeah. Now the other thing too, if you're not familiar with um, Vegas politics, but she is the wife of Oscar Goodman, oh. um, who is one of the most popular person. Yeah. People in Las Vegas. He was the uh, attorney to the mob uh, back in the day. Yeah. You know, Tony the Ant, all those folks. And then he was his mayor for several terms before as well, too. So they're very popular. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see if this does get enough signatures and gets on the ballot. Whether uh, people are going to side with you know the fact that they're celebrities and they know them and uh, are going to look past as one absolute crazy interview, or if they're going to say. Eh, that one crazy interview is enough. <laughs> and then, of course, he doesn't even live in the city. So, I mean, that's the other thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about Las Vegas is the Las Vegas Strip is not Las Vegas. Right. And so she's she's the mayor of Las Vegas, which is downtown and out there. And um, the Strip is, I uh, believe, unincorporated um, county. So um, uh, when you say Las Vegas, it's not really what you think. Yeah. Shows, so. so bizarre. And so I so it so part of me wonders why he even cares. I mean, it's not his mayor, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess he yeah. cares because what she's trying to do is open the casinos on the strip, which aren't in her territory. Um, and then he's worried about his own health. Um, so I, I, I guess that's the lines you can draw. But I don't know. You know, if somebody in Cincinnati, Ohio, mayor there says some crazy crap. Uh, I don't think I need to started a recall position here in florida but i don't know so, a lot well, of interesting stuff but. it's always nice to see a poker pro take action whether it's for charity or for the health of his you know friends and city around him but all right any updates uh you're jonesing for a poker game during this coronavirus rediscover papes Antiups fans online play money tournament series on poker stars play money site available everywhere Details how you can uh, be uh, how you can join can be found at bit.ly/papes p a i p s. Games are on the sixth, sixteenth, and twenty sixth of every month, so there's one coming up. Uh, it rotates disciplines for the main tournament, followed by a second chance event. Buy-in for each tournament is twenty thousand chips, and PokerStars gives you fifteen thousand in play chips every four hours. So you'll need to play a little on your own each week to qualify to play both tournaments. Uh, join the Antioch Fans Group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask cold for questions, or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antioch logo designs on merchandise at antiochmagazine.com slash shop. Buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Antioch Magazine, Antioch Poker Cast, or Antioch Poker Tour logos. Uh, so there is a flash sale going on through Friday, which is is correct. It is correct. correct. Today's today's the day we're recording, but Friday's the day we, we officially post. So, uh, offering regular T-shirts for thirteen bucks, and everything else in the store is thirty-five percent off. 
Also, we love hearing from our fans, so if you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call call the floor submission, email us at podcast com or post in the Annie Up Fans group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us at podcast.anyupmagazine.com. If they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we'll send them something cool. Jonathan Ottenbacher is back. He says, you guys often say, if I think I can outplay this guy, dot, dot, dot. But I don't think I've ever heard you say, I think this guy can outplay me. What do you do in that situation? Perhaps fold more preflop is the obvious answer, since if you think you can outplay him, you play more hands against him, but what if you get to the flop with him in the hand? I tend to tighten up a bit, hope to hit something, and hang on as better players seem to be more aggressive and bluff more, or occasionally raising them on board uh, that shouldn't hit their range if they see bet, but after doing that once or twice, it becomes a guessing game of whether they are not adapting to my play. So how do you adapt if you think your opponent can outplay you? Well, Jonathan, don't you know that n- no poker player thinks the other players are better than them? Silly, silly, John. I mean, seriously, we all have egos the size of the great outdoors. So <laughs> we've never uttered that phrase ever before because we know they can't outplay us. Whenever they win, it's luck. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, well, what I responded to him is, uh, just some general advice that you just want to avoid putting yourself in bad situations. Now, obviously, that's good advice no matter who you're playing with, right? But certainly if you are at a game with one or two people that are much better than you, you need to do what you can to avoid getting in those situations. So, yeah, so he's right. So if you can um, fold in a hand that they're already um, acted in, uh, now you are avoiding getting yourselves in a bad spot, right? So that's a that's a good thing to do. Um, now he uh, mentioned you know once you get to the flop in it, um, again it's the same thing. You use, one you want to be obviously in position against them if possible, um, and then two you don't want to open up yourself to making mistakes. So I, I guess maybe that means tightening up. Um, I don't think that's really what I'm trying to say, but um, that does probably help. Um, uh, uh, you you just got to avoid mistakes. So it's one of those things where we 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 start we make our plan for the hand right, and uh, obviously you adapt with new information. But um, it, you need to you need to think those two or three steps ahead with those players. And all right, if I make this bet now, what's what's it going to mean uh, to me on the turn and then the river? And, and am I setting myself up uh, to be in a bad spot? One of the things, too, is a lot of times people, um, they, they to get better, you have to play the better against the better people. And so eventually you, you might end up confronting them and seeing that, you know, maybe you are getting better at this and maybe he's not better than you. You know, it, 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 I don't want to collar against these people, but if you do all of the things that Scott said, whereas then you're at least stacking the deck in your favor um, in that you're you're not being put in these terrible situations against these better players. Um, I, I tend to tighten up a little more, so I have a, a better quality hand to go to battle with. Um, so in, in, in the instance where I'm going to face somebody who I know is better than me, can't think of anyone offhand, but um, <laughs> if I know they're better than me, I mean, I'll probably take a hand that I should be playing, th- you know, I, I wouldn't even open with unless I was three spots you know, to the right with, you know, so if I had, if I'm, you know, I don't know, middle position and this person's, you know, under the gun, 
I'm going to need an under-the-gun hand, I think, to go against somebody who's this good. I'm not going to just, you know, go to battle with them just because, try to prove something, you know. I want to make sure I have a quality reason for entering this pot, and uh, a good hand would, would be that reason, not not just because I want to prove to myself I can beat him like Mike, Mike does against ja- yes. Johnny Chan, you know. That's, you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of crap, you know. There's no reason to go up against the world champion and lose nine grand just because you want to say you played against them. I'd rather fold and say and tell a lie than, than do that, you know. So... <laughs> Screw that. Um, yeah, just put the stack the deck in your favor, like Scott said. You know, do all the. I, when we used to have uh, Lee Childs on the show all the time, he always said uh, it was about the make the least amount of mistakes. Like, yeah. d- don't put yourself in situations where you had to make so many tough decisions. Make the decisions easy for yourself, and that's one way to do it. Is if you're gonna play against a person, make sure you have a good hand. Make sure you have position, and uh, when you get to the flop. You know, when we used to teach the beginners uh, on the ship, especially, we would say fit or fold. You know, that was a, a really that was like one of our biggest sellers was if the hand if the flop doesn't fit your hand, and the guy's playing you, you know, you fold. You don't have to get crazy and say, oh, I'm gonna float this guy and get into all this upper level meta crap. You know, until you figure out how to play better and play as well as this person, there's no shame in folding when you enter a hand and miss it. You know, and they bit out. I mean. You don't always have to play optimally um, on another level. Just you got another hand coming in two seconds if you fold. So that's how I play. The interesting thing about all this advice is that um, it does, again, prove that if you want to become a better player, you need to play against people that are better than you. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you stock the game like uh, Toby McGuire does <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of fish, yeah, you'll win some money, but you're not going to become a better player. You're actually going to become a worse player. Um, and if you do the opposite, if you play in a game where you're the the weakest player, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of money, but you're going to become a better player. So, um, interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game, and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been? Email us at podcastandannie@magazine.com. We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo Director of Poker, Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. Comes from Phil N., he was playing a 1-3 no-limit uh, cash game in an Oklahoma casino when his opponent was considering her action. Her husband, who was sitting behind her and between the two of us, leaned forward and said, Jack. She went all in on ace-jack-four-jack board with pocket aces. I had a jack in my hand. What would the ruling have been if I had been smart enough to call the floor? Was he saying jack because he saw my hand? Could the f- floor kill her hand? My guess is the floor would have just issued a warning and I would have been wasting everybody's time. Well, first of all, I want to thank Phil for um, uh, reaching back in his memory. <laughs> yeah. Recall the floors. Uh, you know, he, um, he's been emailing us a lot during this, uh, asking what he could help. And, and the best thing at this point right now is make sure we have content for the show. So thank you, Phil. Yeah. Um, so uh, Elliot says, um, uh, and of course, is getting Elliot something to do right now. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, Elliot says, uh, you should have definitely called the floor in this situation. One player to a hand is the fundamental room in the game and not merely a suggestion. Your opponent was not uh, going to suffer a penalty. It's not possible to determine why uh, she played her hand the way she did. On the other hand, how the husband is dealt with is another matter. We have no way of knowing whether the husband knew the value of either or both of your cards. He may have just been announcing the turn card. More deviously, he may 
very well have been trying to let his wife know that you were holding a jack so she could check her bet. My ruling would have been simple and direct. I would have invited him to take a seat anywhere else in the casino that wasn't in the poker room. And if he wanted to play poker, he would have to sit at a different table than his wife. From then on, from then on, under no circumstances would they be allowed to play at the same table or sweat each other uh, when only one of them was playing. I, you know, I've always felt a little uncomfortable at tables when people were sweating other people. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I always thought it was weird too. You um, know, like it's one thing if the person is visually impaired, like that pro that I played with that was on TV right. that time when yep. we were at Vegas in a Mirage and something like that. That's different, but she doesn't need help. So when that person's sitting there and they can, you know, lean back and talk to each other and stuff, and it it's, it doesn't feel like one player to a hand, even when the hand, you know, when the hand's not there, it still feels like they're getting help, or or whatever it is. I've just never I've never felt comfortable with people sitting behind other people at a poker table. I, I just we should feel safe at the poker room, you know what I mean? We, and I just don't know if that should really be allowed. I've never really liked that idea at all. Well, here's some good news from the coronavirus for you, Chris. That probably will not happen. Again. <laughs> oh, so glad this happened now. It's worth table, it. We're certainly not going to allow people to sweat when you're at the table. You know so. what? They could, they could lay 12 people on the table for all I care if it meant this was all going to end and not happen. <laughs> I don't care. It would not be a, a, a worth, worthy exchange for, all right, we're not going to have anybody sweating anymore, but, you know, coronavirus <laughs> came. Thanks. Oh, man. But uh, no, Elliot, this is exactly what I thought he was going to say. I mean, obviously, you can't do anything in the middle of the hand. You're right. You can't You can't guess. I mean, well, you can. That's all you can do is guess as to what Jack meant, right? It could, yeah. mean, um, could mean, as he said, you're reading the board. could mean that he saw Phil's cards. It could. Uh, they could have had a conversation about who was calling on him on the phone, and he's saying Jack. <laughs> um, <laughs> could, uh, they could have been playing... TV trivia, and she couldn't figure out the main character in 24. <laughs> He's like, Jack Bauer? So, um, <laughs> you know, you just don't know, right? So, um, How do you lift a car, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What do you know? Uh, Jack? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite kind of cheese? Jack? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, yeah. So, you don't know uh, what that meant. So, there's nothing you can do in the minute. But there's enough here that makes it look fishy enough that uh, the floor should ask the husband to go find his own hobby rather than to hang out with, with her. Um, and to them, in the future, you won't have that issue. Um, which, again, is a lot of the solutions to these things is you can't really fix it in the, that moment, but you can prevent it from happening again. And that's the next best thing. So. Hey, guess what? We got a new O'Malley's move somehow. Here it comes. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week, we are seated in a $1, $2, no limit hold'em casino cash game. We've had a very good night as we sit with 800. The game is nine-handed and is a typical 1-2 game. The blinds post. The under the gun makes the table standard raise to $10. It's folded around to us in the cutoff with the ace of hearts, queen of hearts. This is a good hand, and based on what we know about this player, I'd say this is a good spot to raise. He's a loose, aggressive player who can play a wide range of hands, but doesn't often go insane. He bought in for 200 and sits with around 400. We decide to triple his bet to 30. He's the only caller after thinking for a short time. 
There's roughly $60 in the pot, and the flop is the ace of spades, queen of diamonds, five of spades. After some thought, our opponent leads out for $40. I don't think there's any way we're behind here. We make it $100 to go. Our opponent once again thinks for a while before calling. There's around $260 in the pot, and the turn is the ten of clubs. This time, our opponent slows down and checks. I've got to tell you, I'm confused at this point in the hand. I think playing pot control might be the right play here, but maybe that's a mistake. We check behind. There's still 260 in the pot, and the river is the seven of spades. Our opponent counts out his stack, 270 left, counts out 125, and puts it in the middle. So, what's the move? It's time for the man that's pokertraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antfmagazine.com. If you want something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Chris Lounsbury has sent us this week's hand, Chris. Yay! Um, he says, um, he says uh, first, I've been playing cards and dealer's choice poker with friends and family since I was about six years old. In high school, we played nickel-dime games where a $20 night was a good night of poker. I enthusiastically watched uh, through the poker room and dreamed of uh, playing on a regular basis. I feel like we should have theme music playing in the background. Right? You know, some heartfelt kind of violins playing and (laughs) saxophone coming in at the last second. It's bringing back the love of the game that we are right now (laughs) searching to find right now in the middle of all... Sorry, that was my... Oh, wow. That was was pretty good, actually. It reminded me of like an 80s montage. (laughs) Montage! (laughs) Uh, All right, about five years ago, I dove in and started playing No Limit Hold'em with a local charity group, and then in some home games. Uh, Clearly, I was a novice when I started playing in these groups, and now I know just a little more, and I'm always learning. My style is more of a passive player who rarely bluffs and usually has the cards when I call or make a bet. Uh, This hand is with a group online playing 50 cent, $1, No Limit uh, Hold'em. Uh, the group is generally pretty aggressive, so I tend to pick my spots, make races, and position. Uh, position, eh, position. Still got my braces in today, so oh. surprised I got this far through the show without going position like I did. <laughs> um, when I have good cards, they're a decent draw. I do fold a lot. Uh, I bought in for a hundred dollars and sit with squiggly one hundred six after about fifty hands played. Uh, the other gun folds, and I'm under the gun plus one. With uh, King of Clubs, Queen of Clubs. Oh, I'm not a big fan of this hand. Um, well, one of the things, though, I think is he, he makes it sound like he's pretty tight. Um, so maybe he can play that image and they'll think his hand's a lot stronger than it is. I'm not a big fan of King Queen. Um, you know, we've uttered this a million times on the show, but it's a trap hand. Um, and generally, if people are going to play against you, if you raise with that type of hand that early on in the, in the, in the rotation, they're probably going to play a hand that's you know equal or better to it sometimes. So, you know, if you're going up with king queen and they're showing up with ace queen or ace king, you know, you're going to be screwed if you hit one of those cards. So, I'm not a big fan of these these trap hands. Um, that said, whenever I enter a pot early on like that. I'm usually not limping, so I'd raise whatever the standard raise would have been for that. What was the fifty cent one dollar game? So I don't know. I don't know what the standard raise is, but like four or five bucks probably is the right thing to do here. 
Uh, completely agree. This is a hand I'm usually always folding, um, so my preference would be to fold it. But if I'm going to play it, then i got to play it for a raise, and I'll make that standard raise of whatever it is. Yeah, in uh, that position, too. I mean, later on yeah. in the hand, if you're, you know, yeah, exactly. button or okay. cutoff or something, that's different. But this is, you know, you've got a bunch of people behind you to fade, and that's you're supposed to have a stronger hand than that at this point. So, I don't know. Yeah, the, definitely the concern is what you mentioned is uh, getting out kicked. That's, that's going to be... And nine out of ten of hands of the week like this, that's going to be the the solution. I mean, the end of it, right? Yeah, right. You're going to turn over your king queen, and somebody else is going to turn over ace queen, <laughs> and on a queen high board, and yeah. you're going to lose. Yeah. So, all right. Our hero says I raised a five fifty, which is a little more than the standard raise at the table. I folds around at the button, um, who he says is one of the most aggressive players at the table, um, and has a few more dollars than uh, we do. And he calls. Both blinds fold, and we are heads up to the flop with twelve fifty in the pot. Okay. Flop is the five of hearts, five of clubs, queen of diamonds. And uh, obviously we're first act. Well, that's a good flop. I mean, again, we always have to be wary of the trap. I don't know if we have to worry about a five. Um, if this guy is really aggressive, uh, you have to worry about uh, floating. So... Let's uh, let's definitely definitely see bet here. Um, I mean, it's twelve in the pot. I don't know, seven, eight bucks, maybe something like that. I I, I don't have a problem. We got top pair, second kicker, so we basically have two pair with a decent kicker. Um, the only card we're afraid of is is a five or ace queen. So ace queen, if he's really aggressive, he may have raised with ace queen, re raised this. Uh, he may not have. Who knows? Um, but if he's if he's thoroughly aggressive, you know he probably would have re-raised you with ace queen. So we're probably ahead. Uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't mind taking this down right now. If we're only up a few dollars. This would give us more than what we were up to start with anyway. So that's a decent pot for us the way we've been playing. Uh, I make a de- decent bet and hope the guy folds. And if he doesn't, we'll reassess. You know, I hate being out of position against aggressive players, but we've hit this pretty well. So let's make that bet. So it's starting to sound like the Jonathan uh, listener spotlight, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking that earlier. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, this is kind of – it seems like we're headed that way, where we are um, uh, up against a player who we have identified as better than we are, right, who can outplay us. And they are in position and we are out of position. And these are the kinds of decisions and situations that, that uh, we just caution Jonathan to uh, avoid, right? Right. And, here we are right back into one. So this is actually, I didn't even think about this when I put the show together, but the, these two, uh, that spotlight this handle week really complement each other. So yeah, the minute you started reading, I was thinking of Jonathan, I was thinking, Hey, I hope yeah. he's listening still yeah. to this part. Cause it's, it sounds a lot like that situation. Uh, I got, I don't have much to add to what you said. I mean, obviously I'm worried about ace queen here. I'm not worried about the five. There's not too many hands uh, that we'd have a five other than pocket fives and yeah, pocket fives. We're, we're going to be dead anyhow. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, this this is a, a pretty darn good flop for us. So uh, we got to bet and see what happens. So okay, all right. Here it says I like this flop and decide to see bet would be best. Uh, so I lead out for six dollars and twenty five cents. The villain takes no time to make the call. Hmm. Uh, uh, so pot is twenty five dollars. The turn is the six of clubs. So our board now is five of hearts, five of clubs, queen of diamonds, six of clubs, and once again we are first act. Well couple of things. One, we like that because we have two clubs. Of course, if we're up against the ace of clubs, that's going to suck. Um, but 
you don't really think about that right now. You think, I got top pair, a six is pretty innocuous. I don't think it's going to really hurt uh, anything uh, as far as what the person's holding. Um, we still have that top pair, second kicker. Nothing really much has changed except we got stronger. The fact that he called pretty quickly is interesting because a lot of times that's a draw and there was no draw. So I wonder what makes him call quickly. Is he floating us? Is he hoping to to now hope that we check because we didn't really hit the queen and then he's going to steal it from us? And now that we have, uh, we, but, but now that we do have it and we haven't, and now if you've improved, we're going to probably bet. So I don't know what this guy, you know, I just don't, I don't know what he's going to do, but um, I'm going to bet. I mean, I'm not not betting, so whatever half the pot is. So twenty, I'd probably like twelve bucks, thirteen bucks, something like that. Yep. Once again, I agree completely. We uh, this this was a good card for us because it it didn't hit, shouldn't have hit him, and it adds a club to us. Um, so you know, gotta, you gotta gotta keep betting here. So yeah. Um, all right, here it says, I love uh, that now I have added a flush draw to my top pair hand. I'm trying to figure out what the villain could have. Uh, middle pair, connectors, now he has a straight draw. Or does he have air and is waiting to bluff? I decide to bet out again for $11. And again, the villain calls instantly, making the pot $47. River is the jack of clubs. So our final board is five of hearts, five of clubs, queen of diamonds, six of clubs, jack of clubs. And again, we are first act. All right, so we have the second nut flush. I mean, it's not the nuts because obviously boats are out there if it's possible that this guy somehow called it pocket sixes early on and turned a boat or something or has something really weird like five jack. But um, the only thing that worries me is that this guy had a hand that he could call a raise with pre-flop that he also mentioned that he called pretty quickly again. Yeah. So now maybe he has the flush draw, and it's better than ours. So any kind of ace ten, you know, what I mean, something that's not enough to re-raise with, but it's good enough to play a raise four. You know, if this guy has something like ace ten of clubs, that's gonna suck. Um, <laughs> because just before I don't know what I'm just saying, most of these hands end up where we lose. Yeah. So if I'm thinking of all possibilities in the middle of this hand. What kind of hand can call a raise preflop in position that doesn't have to necessarily be better than king-queen? Something like ace-10, the Casenza, right? Yep. Th- then the flop comes, and this guy is super aggressive, so maybe he's just floating us because he thinks we had to see bet So when we check the turn, he's going to call. Now the turn comes a club. Now he's got the nut flush draw, so he calls quickly because he's got the flush draw now. That's why he's calling. And bingo, bango, bongo, the absolute worst possible card comes for us. And the guy's made the nut flush, and we've made a second nut flush. So that's a little scary, but that's like, is that like monsters under the bed, do you think? Am I going crazy here? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens here. But, I mean, I got to think that this card is good for us. Um, but uh, but there are some warning bells going off. So I'm going to bet but, a third of the pot. Is what but, I'm yeah, I, I don't think there's enough bells going off that we should check here. Um uh, though I would say if you check here and um, this is definitely a good river card to induce a bluff from our opponent, right? So um, I, I could, if you wanted me to, to, to make a case of checking and having him bluff at this and then, you know, calling and taking down a pot. Whereas 
if he decided he had nothing now, he was called us twice, and I don't know what he was hoping for at that point, um, or maybe he's scared that we had the club and we bet and he folds, that would be a way for us to get some more money out of this. But um, but I don't think that's the case here. So, I mean, we improved. We've been leading all the way. Uh, I, I I think we got a bet. So Yeah. Uh, it was 40, yeah. What was it, 40? 47. Yeah, so, I mean, a third of that's 15 bucks. So I'd probably make a $15 bet. Yeah, fifteen twenty probably. Yep. Yeah. All right. Our hero says, I think, sweet, second nut flush, time to get paid. I bet out $25, leaving myself 58 behind. The villain instantly raises all in, uh, which would put us all in. Yeah. Uh, well, there's so much out there. You have the second out flush. It's hard to fold for, would you say it was 58? Uh, it would be 58 is what yeah. we have. So, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money out there for the second out flush. Um, and if this guy's really aggressive, maybe he has a baby flush. Maybe, maybe he has the hand that I was joking around with. But uh, I don't think I can fold for $58 when there's... Uh, about 147 and his extra. So, yeah, I'm getting like four to one of my money or so to call now. I, I with the second nut flush, I, I think I'm calling. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, probably the right thing is to call. I, I, I can. I think I'm skittish now. I mean, I was already, like I said, there were warning bells going off. This is different than if we, what I mentioned, if we would check the river and then he bets, because then I, yeah. I make it. I can make a case that he's trying to steal this pot from us, but the fact that we bet, and it was a pretty substantial bet, it was more than half the pot, right? 25? Yeah. yeah. Um, and now he's raising us, or, or going all in. Um, it makes me think that he has to have something. So now we have to go back and some of those monsters on the bed that we weren't scared of before, maybe we need to be scared of them. I mean, maybe, maybe he did have those pocket fives. Maybe... Um, uh, maybe he had pocket sixes um, for whatever reason and he was trying to float us and then boat it up um, maybe he does have ace x of clubs um, so I don't know it's a pretty substantial bet um, you know we bet 25 and now we have to put 58 in and then we'll be broke for the night um, I don't know I, I, I'm quite it's kind of like the coronavirus. I'm not quite where you are now, Chris. <laughs> I, I can't check, though. I don't I don't think you really... You're if you're, you're in that cash game with us. Out, so, um. you know, we're at your house. I don't see you checking at your house when we're playing this game. And I think I see you putting in 20 bucks and then me shoving and then you calling. I, I can't see you folding this hand in a real cash game with us. So I think I, I would say probably in the in the spur of the moment uh, there probably is no way that I could fold this. You're probably right. Yeah, uh, and check okay. it. I don't see you checking it either. I think you'd be salivating if you're in our home game and you see that club come in and you got king queen of clubs. Yeah, you're betting. Yeah. You know, I, that's why I, it's hard. It's hard to do the hands of the week because you know they almost always lose. So you got that little, you know, you're bullied. You're beaten down over 15 years of doing these things, you kind of know they're going to probably lose. So you start to imagine all that. But if you're having a drink in your home game with your buds and we're all watching the Kentucky Derby and putting money we shouldn't be putting in the pot, <laughs> <laughs> and I think you hit that flush, you're betting it. I think that's what's going on. Well, but here's the thing. Hand of the Week isn't a game show. We're not trying to guess <laughs> what, what uh, the person had. I mean, we're trying to discuss the hand in a way that you can take the lessons such as they are and apply them to other situations, right? So... Um, so yeah, again, I would say in the heat of the moment, I, it would be really, really, really hard for me to fold this hand. Um, but in the discussion of the hand, 
because we're not putting our own money in here, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think, and no one else listening is. So I think the 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 important part is to discuss maybe whether you should fold um, when you have all this time that we've just devoted to it to make the decision, right? So. Yeah. Um, so if you do that, I think there is uh, there is a case to be made to fold. But uh, but yeah, Plus they're playing you're, online, you're, right? There's no time to do. I mean, you're either yeah, exactly. You right. know, yep. Yep. Um, and like he admitted that he's pretty new to the game. So I mean, it's not like he's running through all these scenarios in his head like a machine. I mean, this is tough. I'm going to go on record and say the only hand we can beat is a smaller flush. It's the only way that we win. So we're either beating a bluff or a smaller flush. I don't know how many players could actually come in with crap, call a bet, call a bet, and then not only know you're going to bet the river, but then bluff with just 58 bucks left extra to do it. So either he's got a baby flush. I don't think he's got quads or something like that. It doesn't make any sense to me the way he played it. I think I think he's going to think we have something and probably put in some more money somewhere along the line. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I feel like this guy is going to either have a baby flush, we win, or he's got that weird ace ten of clubs because he was gonna make a move on us and didn't need to and backdoored into something better than us and beat us. So that's my thing. I, I'm gonna call because I it's just so much money out there and I got the second up flush. I, I just think I'm letting it go. So uh, a third hand that I would throw out that is is possible here uh, would be Queen Jack, which we have a third yeah. hand that we could yeah would be Queen Jack. that's true. Like, I could see somebody with Queen Jack calling on the button. I could see them hitting. I can't see them raising. Hard, oh, but I being guess scared, so. being scared that maybe we have a higher queen, but not scared enough to fold right. So okay. instantly calls, hoping that hits a jack, doing the same on the turn, and then hits the jack, and now um, just this misses the possibility to flush and then raises. But yeah, uh, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the ace high flush, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a boat. Um, so, um, uh, and I don't know what a smaller flush looks like for us, for them, right? I, yeah, don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Nine ten, and he was floating, and then picked up the flush draw, and then yeah, are, are we starting to grasp the straws? Then on yeah, that? it's tough. It's tough. So, I'm, I'm so I guess that's where I'm at. I mean, there's a lot of hands that that now seem possible that that have us beat. Um, obviously, the queen jack we have beat. All right, uh, here it says, what can he have? Does he have a five and slow played? Uh, did he set mine and hit? Was he chasing the flush and also hit? How can I fold here? I call, and he tables the ace of clubs, nine of clubs. Ooh, so close to the casenta. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I'm disgusted and instantly leave the table and throw my phone. How can he chase these calls with absolutely nothing? How could I play this better to push him off the hand before the river? I felt like my bet sizing was ample enough to push off the air hands and get value from hands with a piece of the table. Please help me. How could I play this better? Well, I, you know what? I don't think he played it really Poor. poorly yeah. at all. I, the, the, Other than getting involved in the first place. Right, exactly. The, the, the hand is a type of hand that you could walk away from, and that's the only thing that would save you money is to fold it preflop. Because, first of all, the guy was sounding exactly like the story I told. I already told it once, so I don't have to tell it again. But, you know, he has ace, nine of clubs in position. He's pretty aggressive. He likes that hand. It's a suited ace, a decent size ace for some elite in position. He, the flop comes, he's like, all right, this guy's probably got something that didn't hit that, so I'm going to float him. You did hit it, you bet it. He floats. The turn gives him the nut flush draw. Now he's not chasing anything. He's got the nut flush draw. He doesn't think you have a boat. So he's like, hey, I can call that bet pretty quickly. And he did. You said you called it quickly, which is what yep. you know flush draws do. 
and then boom, he hits it on the turn, on the river, I mean. So I, I don't see – he didn't really make a mistake either. I mean, he played ace-nine of clubs with the hope of, you know, it's a pretty decent hand, late position, and then boom, the flop comes with a club, so he's got backdoor outs, but he's just he's just hoping you, you know, are weak because you're a pretty new player – and he's pretty aggressive. He's hoping that you've missed that and just do your normal C-bet that every book on the planet tells you to do. You did it. He calls, thinking on the river, you're gonna, on turn, you're going to check. When you don't check, he's like, well, I don't care. i got enough flush draw. Go ahead and bet. Now you're betting the pot for me. And when the river, when it gets there and you bet again, he's like, oh, man, i got this guy. He maybe even has a flush. This is great. And he just shoves on you because you, you knows you can't fold for 50 bucks. So I don't think he played wrong. I don't think you played wrong. It's one of those things where just the cards made the difference, not the play. Yeah, I think the, the the two lessons here, Chris. One, uh, the, the king queen um, early position is a as a hand you need to eliminate <laughs> from from what you do, so you don't get yourself in these situations. Two, I think the whole uh, concept of floating, which is something you don't learn right away when you're playing, um, uh, th- this is a perfect example of what that is. So, on the outside, if you don't understand what floating is, it does look like he's crazy, right? He's chasing with nothing um but when you understand floating then you understand that um this this was a, almost exactly I, I you know we could put money down that that's what his thought process was right yeah yeah it was exactly what you said hey this is a weaker player he may not have a queen he could just be city betting with anything i'll just call here and then i'll take it away from him on the turn and then what happens oh hey the club comes well now now i can change my plan I don't need to take it away from him. I might get more money if my flush comes in, so I'll just call. And then, I mean, obviously, I don't think he could have put us on clubs, too. That was a dream <laughs> that yeah. worked out that way for him. But, yeah. um, but as soon as we bet one more time, then he knew he had, he was good, um, or at least felt really confident he was good, and um, I took it then. So, yeah, I, I agree with Chris uh, that uh, nobody really played this poorly other than the fact that you came in the spot uh, when you shouldn't have. But... Um, just the way it works out unfortunately yeah. and you know and the game is changing i mean a lot of people look at that hand now and salivate we used to hate ace queen you still do yeah but a lot of people now they'll play it like it's the nuts and so yeah. the game is changing so i'm not necessarily condemning you for playing the marriage there but i would i would tend to be careful with a hand like that that early in the hand but uh you know sorry you lost and uh you know that's just the way it goes. This this is how you get better, though, because now yeah. you're going to know what floating is. You're going to think because you in your email you said that how did he chase it or something. So uh, I I think this is how how he did it. He didn't really chase it. He was just using a tactic that you might not have been familiar with. Now you are. Now you've gotten better. <laughs> Back and re- review the hand so you can start floating yourself. That's the other lesson thing. Yeah. Is just yeah. to look for the float, but also hey, now that I've seen how effective a float is, let me start experimenting with that myself. Yeah, yeah. Put it in your repertoire. Yeah. All right. Listen, everyone, stay safe. Appreciate you uh, sending us some stuff and uh, keep on listening. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. And someday we'll see you at the tables. Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com or call our hotline at 206 338 6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.